have to get your hands dirty. Uh, you can't do a startup with a corporate mindset. When people tell me that I can't do something, I will do whatever it takes to prove them wrong. Life में ना दो तरह से compensate होते हो आप. One is your earning and one is your learning. Fundamentally, it has always been good. करो. I'm your host Akshay Dutt and you're listening to Spotlight a podcast in which I speak to disruptive startup founders Hi I'm Bram I am the CEO and co-founder at Vested Finance Are you an Apple fanboy or fangirl or maybe you're deeply passionate about Tesla have you ever wished that you could invest in these earth changing companies Being in India, it's not easy for a common person to invest in such iconic brands that are listed in the US. And this is exactly the problem that Viram Shah of Vested is attempting to solve. Vested allows Indians to easily invest in the companies that are listed in the US like Apple, Tesla, Google, Facebook, etc. and take part in the amazing Silicon Valley lead growth story. Here's Viram telling Akshay Dutt about building Vested. So, Viram uh... what's home for you like where did you grow up i have always been a mumbai boy uh, born and brought up and grew up here in mumbai which part of mumbai like mumbai also has subcultures within it na yeah yeah i've kind of lived in multiple parts um, primarily been the the suburb side of things if you want to differentiate between townies and suburbians in mumbai which is <laughs> very much a lot of people uh, do that <laughs> I yeah I grew up in Andheri and currently live in Jew. What's your family background like? What what was your dad doing or what does he do? And yeah, I I so I come from a very entrepreneurial family actually as as a majority of sort of folks coming from the Gujarati community right. Some of the other business somebody is running. So uh, for our family also all around me actually people are doing different kinds of businesses. It might. not not be like the largest businesses right even small businesses or or medium businesses uh, that's what everyone's doing in in our family particularly uh, my my father runs a couple of uh, businesses one is in uh, in the i don't know if you would be familiar with this industry but it's the ship recycling or ship breaking is what it's called it's based out of gujarat and yeah so that's uh, where all of the ships that are decommissioned come to be broken down and 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 the material within them is recycled so it's actually quite an interesting business i grew up visiting those yards seeing those massive machines and seeing kind of how uh, value was being generated by breaking something down so it was very interesting for me always um, that that in fact that moment or the first time that i went to that yard and saw how uh, how such a magnificent kind of machine was being broken down and 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 that's the impact business can have that's when i I realized that you know entrepreneurship or starting something and creating value out of nothing is what I want to do in life. How old were you when that realization hit you? I was quite young. I I, I don't remember. I think I was in uh, the seventh or eighth grade, so seventh eighth standard. So yeah, must be ten, eleven or something like that. And. Uh, yeah, always used to. I mean, so that's in Gujarat, but otherwise in Bombay also we have some some operations. Always used to kind of shadow my father going to office and and seeing what they do. Uh, they also in the the uh, real estate space here, so also used to see what what they do there. And and uh, yeah, it, it it's a very kind of business centric uh, family 
uh, where a lot of discussions also around entrepreneurship, kind of business, what is going on, and so that keeps you thinking about it from a young age. So you were more enamored by the Silicon Valley path of entrepreneurship and the Gujarati path. Uh, sort of. So, in fact, actually, the not the Silicon Valley. I think just the space. I, in fact, was always kind of um, skeptical of the model that that. Uh, Silicon Valley, or or just generally some startups uh, implement, right? Which is just uh, raise money and uh, and play a valuation game. For me, the the ideals of running business have always been Gujarati, which is uh, typically there is a, a saying that you you have to earn like two percent a, a month, right? So that's the interest that you have to earn on your business. How do you get something like that going? So uh, so those values of of being kind of uh, making sure the costs are in control, making sure that you're you're building a sustainable business, not just a, a, a black hole which is sucking money. So that's always been there. But uh, the space in which the kind of people you work with, I think that was what drew me to technology, to to innovation, where some of the brightest minds are working today. So, uh, like you did your undergrad, uh, which was like a engineering course. Then what next? Like by the time you finished it, did you have clarity on what you want to do or? Yeah, so I, I did engineering in Mumbai itself. And one of the reasons why I did it was was to actually spend time in the family business so that I could get clarity whether this is a long-term path I want to take or not. Companies that are in the technology media telecom space and help them, these are larger companies, help them with either their IPOs or uh, pitch them certain M&As and, and some might end up happening or help them with some debt raising. So I was I was doing that in, 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 with clients across across Asia. If you like to hear stories of founders, then we have tons of great stories from entrepreneurs who have built billion-dollar businesses. Just search for the Founder Thesis Podcast on any audio streaming app like Spotify, Ghana, Apple Podcasts, and subscribe to the show. So it gave you like a pretty good bird's-eye view of the uh, tech startup ecosystem uh, in Asia. Uh, more than tech startup, just one was finance, actually. That was the, the the foundation of finance. How do you think about companies from a financial perspective? How do you value companies? And and then gave me a perspective of not so much startups, but different business models that tech companies. So because these was, we, we worked with companies that were larger scale, right? So um, how are the different business models? Some companies making money off of subscription at scale. Some of them making money off of transactions. Uh, how do you value these companies? Most often, these companies don't have any comparables. So uh, how do you value them? What are the metrics you use? So I think that's the business model and the finance side of things is what I learned during that. And 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 uh, yeah, I mean, there's, there's kind of a link to why Vested worked out, but that's what I learned at, at JP Morgan. So uh, why did you leave JP Morgan? Like you spent almost three years there. Like what was the thinking towards the end? Yeah, so... <laughs> Anybody who's worked in investment banking will know how uh, the the work is and how um, tedious and, and and stressful the environment tends to be. It was very very hectic, uh, long hours. I mean, it it is a part of of investment banking, and and uh, as an analyst, you have to do a lot of different juggling, working on different things, learning different things. So uh, I mean, I was I was pretty exhausted by then, and uh, I wanted to kind of see what's next in store for me and the other path was uh, how do I kind of broaden my horizon? Can I uh, go abroad, study more, see how how um, kind of the different things in the world are working, and and 
I can I get into a good good school to be able to do that? And so uh, the first path while I tried it didn't work out. Uh, happened that the second path worked out, uh, and and I went for for my MBA then to the US. Was uh, like with the objective that uh, you'll you'll work over there also, or like it was just for like getting some space to figure out. Uh, tougher to a certain extent because so I went to 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 Haas at uh, at Berkeley and in our particular batch and and typically all the batches before that not a lot of Indian students that ended up going there or I I don't know for some reason there there were just not a lot of Indian students that ended up making the batch so uh, we used to uh, early on also there were just three four in a batch and in 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 mine also there were just three so uh, you always. If you tend to go to a new place, you you look for people where you can find familiarity with, right? And for me, uh, that didn't really exist. And so you were put into this completely thrown into this completely new ocean where you have to find out how to swim with the people that are from a bunch of different cultures. And and I think that was the the thing that took adjusting to 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 kind of um, get out there and and put yourself out there with with sort of multiple times that you fail because. There are different cultural nuances that you might not know. There's different kind of ways in which you need to uh, interact with people, how different backgrounds that they've come from. So that took quite a bit of time for me to get adjusted to. But then over time, I, I mean, it also is a is a positive because naturally, because you're outside your comfort zone, you feel lost. But then once you get adjusted to it, you can then basically get used to any kind of different culture, right? Wherever you're thrown in the world, you can take care of yourself and. And I think that's something that came out of it, but I had to be kind of uh, broken down into pieces and reform myself before I could get there. Okay, so I, I think you know you were in the middle of your uh, MBA only when you started Vested. How how did that uh, come about? One of the great things about Berkeley, and that's why I really wanted to go there, is is that you're very much in the valley, right? You're you're in the midst of kind of technology uh, innovations happening all around you. There is I mean, there are experiments being run on AI. There are, uh, I mean, food delivery bots on campus. There is scooters that are roaming around, electric scooters. A uh, bunch of people trying different ideas. So, uh, one thing is the entrepreneurship ecosystem is very vibrant. Now, you combine that with me, who always wanted to do something in entrepreneurship. It leads to basically, uh, I mean, just a, a lot of focus on 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 technology and on entrepreneurship. So. Um, as soon as I went there, I, I kind of tried basically to immerse myself completely into that. And, and the thinking was that I have two years. I mean, if nothing else was, you end up uh, going through the recruitment process at a company and sort of uh, end up at a role at a larger company, right? But you also have these two years where you, where you can experiment. And so for me, the experiment was, can we start something out of um, this MBA program? And, and so... Uh, the first thing that worked out was I, I was able to find other like-minded people that wanted to do this. In your batch only or outside your batch? In my batch only. So in fact, in the first week itself, I mean, uh, of course, it's also a lot of new excited folks that want to do different things. But in the first week itself, we had like a few round tables where people who were interested in entrepreneurship met each other and and brainstormed on ideas and things like that. And, and so for me... Uh, through that experience, I actually met Darwin, who is now my co-founder at Vested. And he, too, was looking to do something in the entrepreneurship space. He comes from a very different background. He comes from, in fact, deep technology. He was, he's a PhD, uh, was working at Intel, designing semiconductor chips, and kind of wanted to switch completely to a new, faster-moving uh, domain, which is 
entrepreneurship essentially and so both of us hit it off and 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 decided that okay let's use this time and and experiment with different things and see if it works out so the entire first year in fact the journey to westred was kind of a winding journey uh, where we spent time working on a bunch of different ideas so we we picked different domains and saw that okay let's see if there's an opportunity here so for me i always joke like mobility uh, was one domain which was which was my first love at heart like i i spent a lot of time in the first year working on different mobility ideas like like the scooter sharing that happens today in india in the us as well like how can we improve the way people get from one place to another uh, uber's done a really good job at that i wanted to focus more on kind of last mile like uh, from a, a particular let's say a train station to get to your home how can you do that in a more efficient manner and a more environmentally friendly manner as well so i was obsessed with electric vehicles in fact that was pretty much what i wanted to do as as my first idea but i in fact came to india and and, and spoke to a bunch of electric uh, uh, scooter manufacturers as well but uh, couldn't really take it on because it's a very operationally heavy business and 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 living in the us i couldn't start that in india uh, then dravin and i we worked on some um, cryptocurrency stuff some uh, ai stuff as well nothing really took off and then uh, in the uh, those the first year passed by in in uh, in the internship period which is between the first and second year he, he was at a at a vc uh, i was at a startup and and that's where again it was still ongoing we were still thinking of different things and 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 that's where we were looking at our previous backgrounds you know what is it in our earlier life that we would have faced as uh, as individuals what problems did we face and and then that was something that uh struck me which was when i was at jp morgan i i i was covering all these global companies right i knew their business models pretty well i i had an understanding of you know which company can be successful which one might not be and so i tried to invest in those companies earlier from india but couldn't do it and and uh, it was just a painful long expensive process and and eventually ended dropping off and and that was something that came back we realized that a lot of people uh used to try doing it by through their family and friends like if i was living in the us my friend would ask me to invest on his, his or her behalf and then send the money money back once it's done but which is very complicated from a tax standpoint and all of those things so um that's when we realized people have wanted to do it they haven't had a way to do it in an easy enough manner can we use technology to solve it and so that that's when the the journey for vested began and and these were like 100 hnis you must have spoken to right I, I, this product would appeal to them no not really i i mean i think this product appeals to pretty much everybody who is a, a consumer in or who is an investor in india right i mean largely because of the kind of brands that are listed in the us so everybody has at some point thought of you know uh, why can't i invest in amazon yeah or or, or apple and so it doesn't necessarily need to be hnis it hnis have been the ones who have had access to this because kind of only if you have large sums would you be able to do this in an easy enough manner but the goal is for us to make it accessible to everybody who would have thought of okay let me invest internationally of course it requires a, a certain level of development in terms of your financial skills like if you've never started or if you've never thought about investing like then you wouldn't naturally think of us investing but if you've already built certain portfolios in india you started investing then naturally you would have thought of okay can i also invest in these companies that are available to international investors uh, to build my wealth right how did you find the solution i mean there are complications in this like you know there are all those uh, restrictions of uh, from rbi and all in terms of 
foreign currency and stuff like that. So, so you know, tell me about the process of finding a solution so that an Indian can easily invest in an American stock. Yeah, I think, so the solution was iterative for us. Like we, from day one, I mean, we never really worked in a brokerage space as well. So we had no idea of how a brokerage business even runs. So uh, it was just, can we keep the consumer in mind and figure out a, a solution that works for them and, and, and can we make it easy enough? That was just, that was the goal starting off. And, and so it was phases, right? First phase was to figure out, okay, how does one uh, execute these trades in the US, right? Do you need to be a broker? Do you need to plug into the exchange? And so I remember while doing our internship, we met with a bunch of brokers. And, and so the reasons they defined were, like if you were studying abroad, you can move money internationally, traveling, uh, living internationally. So if, you're, if you have certain bank accounts internationally, you can move money into it. Under that, they had also said that, okay, you want to make investments internationally, you can move money under this liberalized limited scheme. And then they defined a, a cap saying that, okay, this is the maximum amount you can move per individual. So today it's at two and a half lakh dollars that an individual can move internationally. And, and then they have a further segregation, actually. They have these two types of transactions. No bank was allowing capital account transactions online. So you had to physically go and submit forms. Only then would you be able to transfer money into your vested account. We improved that process by having a bunch of people who would come to your place and uh, pick up those forms. So we'd give you pre-filled forms. You just sign it. Uh, somebody will come and pick it up and submit to a bank branch. So that was the first leg of improvement. Second leg was then we worked with the banks and got them to bring that online. So within the existing net banking or within the remittance platforms that these banks have, you can then load money and, and transfer, transfer funds to your US brokerage account. And now is the third phase where, uh, so in fact, the second phase was actually the, the solution was better. You don't physically have to go, but it's still expensive. Like they charge you 1500 rupees per transaction and a markup of around two to 3%. Plus you have to drop off, go to another platform, uh, add beneficiary, all those things. So now it's the third phase, which is everything is invested. No need to add any beneficiary. Cost is completely transparent. So the fixed fee goes away. There's zero fixed fee. Which essentially at the back end opens an account on State Bank of Mauritius. So for him, now the transaction becomes much quicker because now it's just a, a domestic bank-to-bank -bank transaction that he's doing. And then State Bank of Mauritius does the... Well, you with State Bank of Mauritius do the international transfer. Correct, correct. So they, they basically have that capability to do that and the willingness also. So... Uh, so that's, they're the ones who we've worked with and, and now uh, are able to do. And currently this deposit takes 24 hours, which you are now working to make it in a couple of hours. Correct, correct. So when you're doing KYC, you're basically opening a US brokerage account and uh, uh, an India account, which will be your a wallet sort of place where you load rupees, put in a, you can keep the rupees in the wallet if you want. So uh, you you load the rupees and then at, at when, whenever you want to deposit, you, you put in a request and the money gets deposited. This is because there's some like a cycle of interbank settlement for foreign currency. Is it that? And then how are you going to short, like, you know, do a shortcut here? Like how are you going to cut this down? Yeah, yeah. So currently, if you do it before 3 p.m., there's a cutoff. So if you do it before 3 p.m., it comes in uh, by night by at like 2 a.m. So within 12 hours. If you do it after 3 p.m., then it takes about, uh, then it comes next day 2 a.m. So that's something we are figuring out. Uh, we have some solution in mind. Let's see. Hopefully we, we can figure that out and and uh, and basically allow people to load money at a much faster rate. 
So, so this was about the the product journey. Tell me about the uh, customer acquisition journey. Like, when did you launch Vested commercially? How did you acquire the first thousand customers? Uh, you know, tell me about that. Uh, yeah. So uh, we launched our product full fledged in uh, 2019 August around August September 2019. So in fact, we have a two year anniversary that we are celebrating right now with uh, with an account opening fee waiver. So uh, we that's when we started. And uh, what we had done until then, we had built a sort of a, a thousand people type of wait list where people who wanted to invest had, had signed up on the landing page that we had developed. And, and so we launched with them and onboarded them onto the platform. And, uh, and, and, and so it was primarily all B2C, right? So we were going directly to a consumer and uh, the two, two kind of, uh, strategies or, or I mean not strategies essentially the two reasons through which we were growing one was uh, content and the second was word of mouth basically existing customers selling others so uh, those were the two main channels for us to grow the business in the first six to 12 months and then what started happening was that uh, existing folks in the brokerage or uh, wealth management or fintech space also started um, reaching out to to work with us to offer this product to their customer base right and so then that's how... Like the financial advisors, basically. Correct. Brokers, financial advisors. Uh, so this is different buckets. But yeah, these these are the, the three or four types of customers, uh, types of partners. And so that's the start of our kind of B2B2C channel. So now we are a mix of B2C plus B2B2C. A lot of different companies. We, in fact, have about 35 total partners. And, and we keep increasing that pool. So um, that's that's... Essentially, the core product stays the same, but it gets distributed either through an existing uh, company that has customers or uh, through our B2C. So uh, how does this happen? Like say with 5Pesa, 5Pesa will just refer customers to you or within 5Pesa's app, there'll be a option to open a Vested account? So it is a referral. The arrangement is still a referral. Like Vested is the entity that's handling the international investments. But uh, the experience is is... A couple of things. One is uh, you can basically open or access international investments through the app, uh, through through Fivepesa. And the second thing, what now that we are doing is uh, very soon, customers that are our partner customers, they'll also be able to access our platform through our app. So you can use like a a, a single sign-on using your Fivepesa credentials. You can also access the vested app, which is. Uh, uh, yeah, much faster, uh, has a lot more things, right? Because it's not kind of an app in, within an app. So uh, so that's also something that, that we'll be uh, doing soon and, and that should help improve the experience for these, uh, these partner customers. And uh, do they need to do KYC again? Because they would have done it once for five pesos. Uh, they do. So because the US requirements are different, they currently have to do a, 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 a separate KYC. But again, there is scope for, for optimizing that going forward. So uh, how much time did it take you to get the first thousand transacting users? First thousand? Ah, I'm not sure. Or first hundred, whatever number you remember. Yeah, I think um, so I, for us, it was kind of what is, when did we get the first million dollars deposited into vested accounts? I think that's the metric that we've, we've been close because uh that's that's kind of a sign of trust for us like if somebody is actually putting in the money uh in a deposits driven business that's that's very trust driven so uh that's 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 what we were monitoring i think the first uh, million or so we got to by uh jan 2020 if i'm not wrong in about half a year basically 
And, and what is the number today? Like total amount deposited? Um, now it's north of 50 million. And uh, typically, like what percentage of this money do people invest, and how much do they keep liquid? So, I, I, I typically on average about 10 to 15 percent is liquid. Where people wait for opportunities, and the rest is all invested. Is it for sophisticated investors who already have clear stocks that they want to invest in, or do you also offer like a managed, you know, like a mutual fund kind of an approach where you have a basket of stocks? Yeah, yeah. So we, we do, in fact. So that was one of the other things that we, after being in the market, uh, heard from customers and realized that something that's something that people want. So there's two types of customers, right? One who who know what they want to buy and 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 either because they've uh, been in an industry where they've seen global companies that they want to invest in, or they just naturally want to buy the brands that they're using. So. Uh, or they do their research and, and figure out what opportunities are there. So uh, these are these are the folks who for whom we give them the tools. Like we give them data, we give them um, charting tools, we give them real time pricing so that they can make their decisions in the the best possible manner. And and that's largely our audience today. But there is another audience which is growing fast, which wants to diversify internationally, which aspires to have a, a dollar portfolio. Uh, but doesn't know or doesn't have the time to figure out what to invest in and when. And so for them, uh, we developed this this product which we call Vest, which basically is, uh, I mean, a, a pre-built portfolio, like you mentioned, which uh, is based on different themes or different strategies and that allows you to create your portfolio in a much simpler manner. And and in fact, if you ask me, most of my portfolio is also in these Vest because uh, it's just, it's much easier for 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 somebody to get started and keep investing if, if someone else is doing the, the uh, research. Uh, how long ago did you launch West and how has the uptake been for that? Like what percentage of people invest through that? Yeah, I think it's, it's been a year since we launched it. And uh, today, I think about 15% of our, our, the dollar volume on the platform is in West uh, or our AUM, you could call it. And it's been growing. I think uh, as we uh, spread more and more awareness of this option being available and, and as also going forward, what we want to do is uh, work with kind of existing advisors, right? Who want to offer international to their international stocks to their, or, or ETFs to their customers. And so uh, again, that's something that, that uh, will help drive the adoption of these pre-built portfolios going forward. What has been the uh, funding journey for you? You know, when you launched in, August 2019, had you already raised funds at that time? We had some of the, the uh, founders of successful companies invest early on. And, and that's something that helped. Like, for example, Ashneer from Bharat Pay, he invested early on. He was the first check, in fact, and uh, has been super helpful since then. Uh, we had also a few others, the founders of Razorpay, uh, some of the others who are leaders at large companies. So uh, those folks helped us with kind of operational and, and strategic expertise, whereas we had some funds or VCs from the U.S. come in who would help us with more of just the the, the finance that we needed to to keep growing. So, uh, how did you uh, access the investor pool? Was it by virtue of being uh, at uh, Berkeley, or uh, to some extent? So, our first investment was pretty much through through one luck and second Berkeley. So, uh, a lot of the early 200k investors were connections through Berkeley classmates or uh, folks who we had met at Berkeley. So that that's how we got started. The the luck factor was that, like for example, Ashneer, uh, he had actually signed up on our waitlist that we'd put out. And and we 
yeah we basically used to call everybody who was on the waitlist asking them why have they signed up right what's the reason for them to find interest in the product like this and and one of them happened to be ashneer and and uh, and so then that's how we met him and and he was super psyched about what we were doing so uh, got lucky in that sense and then post that it was just uh, existing investors connecting us and 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 sort of meeting new people that that got us the next round what is the uh, the you know the monetization for this because i can see on your website it says uh, zero commission investing so one thing that we were very clear from the beginning was that we don't we want to make sure that the costs for the customer don't end up being too prohibitive for this entire journey so one of the main reasons why people have not done international investing until now was just it, it was very expensive like you would pay 2 3% to transfer money then the broker charges you commission which is let's say anywhere between $3 to $10 so if you make 15 20 trades you lose another 3 4% and then bringing the money back you lose more money so you would end up losing like 6 7% just like that not even without i mean without any return so we knew that okay one thing which we can start off with is don't charge any commission right that reduces the cost and also happened to be that a lot of brokers in the us are also going down that model right so uh, it now in the us pretty much every broker is zero commission nobody charges commission so we we decided to um, latch on to that trend and and and, and use it for our uh, customer base in india as well so that was the the first thing then uh, in terms of then developing the model we've tried to look at okay what are the different areas in which we can monetize and 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 make sure that of course we can sustain our business so one is now we have a premium subscription plan which uh, where we charge 2500 rupees for some additional value that we give and so that's one of our ways to monetize uh, what is the additional value for that premium plan so you'd get more prebuilt portfolios the the fees that we charge for investing in those portfolios we waive that off uh, we give you one free withdrawal as well so uh, those are some of the things that we give on the premium Uh, offering and and we'll keep adding on to that more and more going forward as well but uh, so that's one of the ways that we monetize the second is uh, now working with the banks on the fx side of things also uh, we would get a small cut from the banks because we are giving them additional business and then uh, going forward there are other ways also that we can look at as we sort of get that base that starts investing in the international market the ways the us brokers are making money right without charging commission and also these are cash accounts so you can't keep repeatedly buying and selling also so uh, by virtue of just that it it becomes more from a, for 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 investors and then uh, within investors it's is basically anybody who's already built an india portfolio right anybody who who's already dipped their toes into the stock market uh, all of those folks could look at diversifying some of their portfolio by uh, investing in the us as well so have a certain and you can just look at it from a percentage allocation perspective have a a certain allocation for the the international markets let's say 20% or so and and um, and basically get that diversification uh, benefit um, but this would essentially be for people who want to invest and hold like because otherwise the cost of transaction like the forex transactions and like like they would wipe away any gains if you're doing like a, a short term investing like if i want to invest for a couple of months then this would not be the right uh, option not really so uh, that's possible like the so the forex charges are only incurred when you deposit money and when you convert it back into rupees but uh, once you've deposited you don't necessarily need to do withdraw immediately whenever you're selling something so you can basically hold let's say you have a 1000 dollars you can hold it as cash keep buying selling whenever you want 
and then uh, over time you can withdraw that money if you want to bring it back into local currency so uh, yeah i think once the money is in then there's essentially no cost right you can keep buying and selling the way you want so uh, what's the game plan for vested like you have launched in india is there a plan to do a global play immediately or is that like a slightly more distant plan you want to first focus on india and grow that yeah i think uh, it's it's definitely part of our our uh, plans in in the, the medium term i would say uh, we are a, a founding team that is very much global we come from india indonesia singapore and so we definitely want to offer this and we see need for it across different markets as well uh, however uh, there is ample of opportunity in india first itself it's it's i mean if you ask me it's like day zero in terms of international investing from india and and uh, that's the one that we'll focus on for now uh, as a startup you don't want to uh, bite off more than you can chew right like you spread your team too thin nothing will happen properly so uh, for now the focus is on how can we offer the most value to the indian consumer how can we make their journey the easiest to invest internationally and then over time we'll look at different markets as well uh, we've all, we already have actually uh, we sort of a presence internationally through nris like a lot of nris also sign up on the platform so that's one way for us to to kind of keep expanding our international presence but primary focus continues to be on on india how big do you think this market is of people who want to invest in uh, in the us like you know in terms of like a dollar value do you have some like rough estimation no i think so uh, for us i mean as Uh, the way we look at it is is it's it's creating a new category right it's very difficult to be able to uh, estimate the size of a new category it's like if 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 uber was trying to uh, size their market using kind of what the black cabs market is going to be it's just very difficult to say that that is going to be the market because it's a completely tangential market that's opening up and so uh, for us also it's, it's it's difficult to say how how uh, the market looks like but if you want to estimate i mean over the next 5 years we 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 see about 5 to 7 billion or so that we see being invested internationally through india uh, and and as the process becomes easier and easier the uptake becomes higher and uh, what is your plan to go to other countries in how many years uh, it, it's still in the works we we we'll take a call uh, in the next 6 months or so whether we want to do it or not and which country would make the most sense but uh, yeah not not decided that this is the plan right now uh, i think first first and foremost we we will continue to focus on india so uh, in your founding team uh, in addition to darwin uh, who else joined you like tell me about the team so we are three of us uh, who are now co-founders ying is our third co-founder ying she's our cto and yeah she's originally from singapore joined us later on so she she joined us i think 6 to 8 months down the road uh, was earlier at google and and she was also at berkeley or no no so she was at uh, at google and and we realized that we need a, a cto somebody who plugs our our uh, gap in technology and so then uh, eventually we convinced her to join us and how big is the role of technology here i mean as an outsider it seems like the role of partnerships is a lot more important than technology technology seems to be more of an enabler to make those partnerships seamless uh, but uh, correct me if i'm wrong so it's i mean for every startup there two two areas where they need to succeed right product and distribution one cannot be uh, the only thing that they do well so uh, product is first and foremost the most important because if the product doesn't work well it, the distribution won't really help right so 
technology while it's not of course deep tech and and kind of uh, no no ai or ml at this point or any kind of deep technology but there is a lot that needs to be done on on the back end it might not look like it on the front end like for example now a simple thing is just to be able to even offer let's say when the market in the us is open we want to offer real time prices right you want that ticker to keep moving at every point that in itself is a big infrastructure build to to handle so much volume at scale right so uh it's definitely something that that uh that requires significant development and and we want to keep innovating like for example this pre built portfolios we built that entire technology in house so uh we can create those portfolios now and spin them off very quickly uh, we created our own tax module so there we had to develop our own product to be able to convert currency into rupees uh, as per the income tax laws spin out that report every time and and then on the fx side of things right with vested direct now we had to plug into a bank's apis uh, be able to open up accounts then do the the processing in the us so there are different modules actually and and quite a bit that that has gone into building uh, what what we've done until now and we keep doing more and more like there are a lot of different products that we are going to launch in the in the future uh, and but however this in itself doesn't work you need distribution as well and so then again that's on the partnership side that's on the uh, b2c side how can we keep putting out content that helps the customer to then bring them on to vested so that's the other leg of things you pay taxes to both us government and indian government yeah so uh, so there's two 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 incomes that you could make when investing right there's capital gains and as dividends that you could make so uh, in terms of capital gains you don't need to pay any tax to the us authorities the when you sign up we basically tell them automatically on the back end that this is a non resident so no tax in the us is need to be paid uh, the yeah in india the long term threshold if you're investing in like stocks is 24 months etf is 36 months and uh, and the rate is 20% with indexation and and so what we do so this these taxes are i they're actually in in dollars right when you're buying and selling but uh, what we do is we convert them into rupees and give a easy report that somebody can use to to uh, basically file their taxes in an easy easy manner yeah and and then on the dividend side of things there is like a 25% withholding so if you're supposed to get a dollar of dividend you'll get 75 cents you can take credit for it in india if you want uh, but unless it's a sizable amount like i i would say it's fine just having it like that um if you do want to take credit we again give all the information that's needed for you to be able to uh get that credit from the government where are you based out of like are you in the us or are you in india like where is the team based out of so primarily the entire team is in india uh i i i'm also in india i keep spending i mean keep shuffling back and forth between the us and india we we've been remote first from the beginning so we knew that we wanted to be a, a global business wanted to uh, basically have presence across multiple markets and so uh, we've always been there's no one area where everybody collects so we keep meeting as a team frequently but uh, everybody else i mean everybody is pretty much remote and working from different parts of india and even in the us and uh, like your uh, tech team and all they're like again all over the world or so ying uh, who's the leader is in the us uh, the rest of the team is in india there are some folks in canada as well so uh, what's your headcount now we are almost 50 pretty sizable team so uh, your current fundraise how long will it last you for i think we are comfortable right now we'll see we are, we are, i mean if we find some good investors we might even raise earlier than needed 
but uh, for now we we should be fine so like you started this out uh, while pursuing your mba what happened to that did you yeah 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 uh, we we finished it where there was a a moment in time where we were contemplating whether we should drop out or not but then uh, we ended up going ahead and completing the entire program and the entire, so the entire second year we kind of leveraged all the classes that we had all the projects that we had to work towards rested so that's how we made uh, both of those work and and then once yeah we started working on it full time once we graduated this was the spotlight presented by the podium to listen to more such interesting conversations log on to the podium.in